great. I think one of the keys for, for any artist is to just have a certain kind of awareness of themselves, the times they're living in, you know, society, other people, that kind of thing. And I think also just an awareness of oneself too. I think that's a, uh, that's a big part of being an artist. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and inspiration of art and the creative process. This is the second part of my interview with artist Nate Burbeck. Please refer back to last week's episode for part one, as this conversation continues with the last one left off. Thank you very much. Nate is an artist from the US who creates beautiful paintings in the American landscape that are tinged with an underlying tension. Through the use of composition and colour, Nate creates images that have a charged atmosphere where the viewer is left to contemplate the scenes they are looking at. As well as painting landscapes, nature has also started to branch out into creating a more figurative-based work that holds the same cinematic feelings and narrative tension as his older works. I had a great time talking to Nate, and I really hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. You know, I'm doing something a little different now than I was before, and I like that. That's good. It's good to have that kind of um, that progress, I think, and that change. So that's funny because I actually answered two questions I was going to ask you later on. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually went out. I was going to say, like, when I've been, <laughs> I was going to say, as I've been doing this, I'm like, I'm sure I'm getting the like things he's already going to ask. So I hope. No, no, that's good. No, honestly, that's great. <laughs> and actually, lately, in the last couple of interviews, a lot of people I've been interviewing are very, very, seems to be very good at preempting what I'm going to ask next and talking about it first. And I'm like, like I didn't send you an interview notes. How do a you little know more that? seasoned, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great thing because, like, I say, I love talking to people who have all kind of different calibers. I love talking to people who have been doing, you know, painting for twenty years. I love people talking to people who are just mm-hmm. dying. Like, I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. It's great to see how people respond to, you know, similarish questions or just talk about their work. Because I think sometimes artists think don't get the opportunity to do so. Um, yeah, I think that's quite it's quite generous of you to do that, and I think that's very good too um, because. You know, as a uh, as a listener, um, you know, if you're if you're just starting, it's kind of like uh, like if you're just starting with your work and you're like, oh, okay, well, listen to these artists. Let me listen to an episode of The Flying Fruit Bowl, and uh, you know, you might think, oh, wow, they're all so like established and they've been doing this forever. How do you get to that point? So it's nice to have that, um, you know, to have that too. Where like, oh, okay, this is someone who's just started. Yeah. Like they're just kind of figuring it out. It's a different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and that's very generous of you too to give that kind of platform to people who I just like you know like, are just like, starting out. I like just, talking to people. Yeah. it's cool. I I really enjoy yeah. it. I, I think it's it's fascinating because you know art's such a, a subjective topic, and everyone's coming at from a very different standpoint. Even if they're creating similar work, their idea and their backstory yeah. is so different. And I, I like that. I like I like kind of exploring. As I say in the intro, you know, it's an exploration of art and the creative processes because you know art's an inspiration of the world that we see um and everyone has a room of different view on it so for me it's like why not give people that platform to talk about it like why not because mm-hmm. a lot of people have said to me that they never really get the chance to sit down and actually talk about it one-on-one to such an extent with people normally it's like in a gallery setting it's only you know really quick fire with the same people like, like saying the same thing over and over again so so going back to you and your work that's what we're here for the interesting thing about your work is that you also paint portraits as well. Um, so kind of where did the idea of, of including portraits and or focusing, you know, because some of your work does focus mainly on portraits. Um, where did that kind of come from and how does that kind of differ from your landscape work? 
Well, I think it, it really came from, uh, I wanted to mix it up. I was, um, you know, I'd taken, like I said, I had um, done some portrait work in, uh, in college. I took a portraiture class and, um, and I, I think it was just, I, I didn't want to just do landscapes. Um, you know, and I feel like I haven't done an, a lot of portrait work. I'd like to do more. Um, but yeah, it was really just, I wanted to get back to that. I wanted to, like, I was, I got to a point where I was kind of tired of like painting people and, you know, they'd be quite small in the landscape and it'd be like, you know, a focus, you know, depending on the painting, they'd be like the focus or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they're sitting in this giant space and the figure themselves is not, I'm not really spending that much time on it. So I wanted to have that more closer in intimate lens and you know and it's a different narrative quality too um that you get with that that it's a little more um right up front it's not quite so uh, removed and subtle um so yeah I, it came from that it came from wanting to um uh wanting to sort of take the themes and the the feel of what i was working on uh, what i've been working on um and uh, i put that through a different guise, put it through portraiture and um, just explore that. And I think that's been, it's been helpful. It's something that I'd like to do more of actually. Uh, but it, it, but it's a different thing. It's a different way of thinking. I think I've, I've gotten so used to the process and the way I think about landscape and setting up these sort of, uh, these sort of scenes almost. Um, and it's, you almost have to, at least for me anyway, I feel like I have the kind of, change how I'm thinking a little bit to think, okay, well, but how, what would I do for like a portrait or something a little bit closer or like where it's, it's a, it's a figurative painting. It's a portrait painting. It's a, it's an interior painting. Um, but yeah, it, it came from wanting to mix things up a bit um, and it's been helpful. And I, I liked it. I found it really great to like, just get back into that. It's just more fun to depict. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's kind of a little bit of a visual break too. You know, it's, you're not just like, painting houses and landscapes and doing these geometric forms, you're, you know, you're, how do you, it, it, it's more visually that's interesting because it's like, okay, it's not about this landscape, but it's like how the light is hitting somebody's hand or their face or whatever. Um, yeah, so it, it, it really was wanting to mix things up and it's, uh, it's something I'd like to uh, explore a bit more in my work. Um, so I, I have some ideas that they're, they're a little bit, not quite as worked out, but um, it's definitely something that I've, I continue to have in the back of my head that I'd like to explore more of. I mean, I, I like the mix of both. I think I like that. I, I would hope that in the future, uh, the work I'm doing is uh, is a mix of that, a mix of landscape, portraiture, um, still carrying on with these similar themes and this sort of feel, um, or maybe not. I mean, who knows? We'll see how it changes. Um, but yeah, it's something I'd like to explore more. And it really was just out of kind of wanting to mix things up a bit and get back into doing some portrait work because I hadn't done it for so long. So how do you choose who to paint when doing portraits? Um, I, you know, it's really just like who's available. I think of people. Um, I do find that I like painting people that I have I guess people I have a connection to um, because I like painting regular people. Like I wouldn't, I'm not interested in really painting like models, yeah. you know, like fashion models. Uh, to me, that's a little bit, and I have seen work like that where it's either uh, 
paintings or photography where it's there's kind of this sort of surreal element but like the people are just super beautiful and it's like that's not how people are <laughs> and I think part of it too is just you know um, growing up in the midwest and being here it's uh you just kind of see you meet people kind of where they are and I like that uh, so yeah when I'm looking for people I, I try I, I look for I try to look for people that obviously I know or have some connection to because it's easier to arrange something. Um, but I also do, I like that look of people who just sort of are normal looking. And, you know, a lot, like oftentimes when we're setting up for, you know, have somebody pose for me and they'll say, uh, do you want me to wear anything in particular? Or like, is this whatever? And, you know, maybe they have in their head like a, a fashion shoot, which is odd because I don't feel like I <laughs> project that at all. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but I just say, yeah, just bring what you, you know, wear what you're wearing or, you know, maybe bring like a couple different things we can see, but just the clothes you normally wear. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, you know, or if, uh, you know, if I'm, if they're in a scene, in a landscape scene, I'm like, okay, well, when I shot this, when I took this photograph, the weather was like this. So, you know, maybe bring something that would be that equivalent or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm very much interested in, and I find that again with the work that I like in other people, I like work that's there's something relatable about people uh, that you know they're it looks like the type of people you grew up with or people you you see just in your day to day life. Um, I I definitely um, I'm drawn to that more than I am to the uh, uh, you know people who get their photograph taken for yeah, it <laughs> for sure, a living. It makes your work more authentic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because it's not, you know, super contrived. And it's not like, you know, oh, these people are, you know, uh, almost too real. Um, they're like too beautiful to be real. And it's not like, oh, they're too, you know, considered. It's almost like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels a little, it, it makes it feel a little put on. Yeah, you know? and it's not and that. Which is fun. I mean, of course, it's, but yeah, it's not that. But in a way, you could argue it is because this is all constructed. It's all you know, you're, you have a direction yeah. in what you're doing. <laughs> it's not like people, you know, like we said, this is not, I'm not paying reality. Um, but yeah, but I like that. I like that there's sort of that element of, and I think that kind of helps on, and that might probably help with the work too. And that um, it gives it sort of a believability, but then because that feels real, you know, the things that are happening that aren't, and the fact that it's a painting, again, you're getting that, that mix between like real and not real, uh, different worlds, that kind of thing. So I, I, hopefully that uh, that helps it as well. Yeah, that's kind of, and that's really clever. And that's very clever. Um, and actually I wanted to ask you about a specific image, um, if you don't mind, because I'm curious about it. Oh, Your sure. image called apparition, school bus, parentheses, school bus. Mm -hmm. um, could you talk about that image? Because actually that, I, find, I thought it was actually really fascinating. It was like really interesting. Cool. What, what, well, uh, what would you want to know about it? I mean, because the first thing that comes to mind is just to say, like, how that, yeah, I guess the process of it. Well, was there anything particular that you found? I'm just curious about kind of the imagery and where the imagery came from and kind of like the drama, I guess, in it. Because it's like, you know, obviously the school bus is in this middle of this almost red lake. Um, it's kind of very, yeah, yeah. It's kind of very almost biblical in a way. Um, so mm -hmm. I was just kind of curious about kind of where you got the imagery from and kind of the narrative images behind it, I guess. 
Um, so that was a little more um, uh, directed, I guess I'd say. So I had taken, um, so the image, um, the scene that I photographed for that was also used for, um, let me think. Oh, okay. So there's two, there's, it's essentially kind of part of a diptych. Um, so apparition of school bus is one. And then um, that same scene is depicted in the image um, Milky Park Oracle. Um, if you look at the, um, what would it be? the left side of that canvas, you can see the school bus, just the end of it. Uh -huh. um, anyway, so that was from when I was, I went out to this space and I, you know, walked around. I took several shots and like stuff from across the street that isn't even seen from that angle and whatever. Um, so this, the school bus thing came from, apparition school bus came from, um, I was invited to be part of a group show um, by Boom in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And the theme of the show was, uh, the, the show was titled Seeing Red. And the prompt for the show was um, every artist in it had to do a work that was 12 inches by 12 inches. So one foot by one foot. And, um, and you had to incorporate the color red somehow. Uh, and I remember like when, I, I, you know, I was happy to be in the show, but I remember at first, and I don't know if this was like sort of a, I want to control kind of thing, but I was like, I was kind of flipping about this idea. I was like, red, I got to like put red into this. Like, how, I don't, you know, so I was just trying to think, well, how do I do this? Like, what would, what would work with this? And so that image of the school bus that I had, I remember I wasn't going to use it for the larger uh, Milky Park painting. Um, but I liked it as a stand as a standalone image. Like I liked that angle that I got like photographed that school bus at. And I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe I could use I could use that for it. So I kind of cropped it and made, all right, yeah, that would kind of fit. And then so the um, uh, the elements in it, the sort of uh, red, I guess it's sort of like a smoke or some kind of a um, etherealness or I well, an apparition. <laughs> Um, that came from that prompt. And so that was really, and I think too, I thought, well, that would actually work really well because then you have this sort of contrast between sort of the cool palette of the, uh, the way the, the environmental light is and the snow. Um, uh, yeah, so that, yeah, that was, that was a rare painting in that it was prompted by kind of um, uh, uh, prompts or guardrails, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it was actually great because again, when I first, um, when it was first proposed that like, okay, to be in this show or like, we're asking each artist to do this and to incorporate the color red. I remember at first I was very like, just, yeah, I, I thought it was, I, you know, I, I thought it was stupid. I was like, well, how am I gonna, that seems very contrived and whatever. Um, but I was glad that I had that param those parameters because I think, I, I hope I ended up using it in a way that was, uh, interesting. Um, the, the the one thing that anyway, so I ended up liking the work. The one thing that I thought was weird that I keep running into with that is that um, a lot of people assume the bus is on fire yeah. because of the color, yeah. um, which is interesting because because and again I think that's uh, goes back to like uh, you can't control what people see, um, but that's good to see to know because then it's like all right if I don't want to make it look like that people are seeing that then I have to be a little more uh directed and how I'm depicting it um but I find I don't know I think that's kind of interesting because to me I also included if you look at the closer at the image you can see there's sort of um kind of uh, I guess sort of in the middle of the work there's a 
these kind of like this sort of whooshy, like kind of blue, almost line work and sort of these like little sparkles. Um, and that, that was based off of some NASA space imagery oh. that I like, I, yeah, I, I liked kind of just the way that movement and the composition of that. And I kind of wanted to add it, you know, kind of add to the fantastical element of what, what that was. Um, so. Yeah, so that was a little more of a directed image, um, a little different than the process normally, but uh, uh, I, I think it was successful. Yeah, like, I just thought it just had, I don't know, it's, it's kind of quite different from your other work because your other works kind of fall into the category of like more landscape kind of based or more portrait kind of based. And that's kind of, it's like a weird cross because it's kind of, yeah, it's just something very interesting about it that I just I just kind of visually got and I looked at it and I thought I have to ask about this because it's quite interesting. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, you're yeah, you're having said that makes me think that I think probably part of that honestly was the prop of having it having to have the image be uh, you know twelve by twelve inches yeah. or something. It's not you know it's not the normal. The, a lot of the land, landscapes are a lot of uh, they're all horizontal, and so to have that just sort of. Uh, to have that proportion, uh, that um, uh, that com that composition cropped in such a way, it sort of forced the image to be a little different. Um, but but that worked. Absolutely. Well. So let's talk a bit about the titles of your work. So like, where do the titles come from, and kind of do you like having some kind of ambiguity with the titles? Uh, the titles are <laughs> uh, one of my least favorite things. Um, <laughs> mostly the. Mostly the titles are just sort of the location. And I think part of that was just, again, when I first started, I was really interested in like landscape was an element of my work. I liked the sense of place um, and, you know, and it, so, and it was just easier to be like, I wouldn't have to come up with some kind of a title that was too directing. And uh, so it was just easier to just title it where it was. Um, but as I've, as I've gone, I've started to add more I guess more elemental titles like like you know the two examples we were just talking about um apparition school bus and milky park oracle um yeah it's been kind of a development and like I, I guess I don't want I, I don't want to have a title that because the work has an ambiguity about it I don't necessarily want it to like it has I describe the work as narrative but I don't want the work to you know, I, I wouldn't want a title that sort of says, okay, this is the narrative and here's how you should think about it. Because I like when, uh, you know, the viewer brings their own sense into it. And I don't want to direct that so much. I mean, obviously there's going to be direction in just the way the image is and how it looks. Um, yeah, so I think titling has, uh, it's not an art form I'm very good at. Uh, I don't feel very good at. Um, and I try to, uh, I try to title my work in such a way that it's not so uh, directing or revealing. Um, so, but, but I'm also moving a little bit away of just, just doing uh, the location. Cause that, that gets a little stale too, I think. But. I think it just depends on your intention of how you want the piece to potentially be read without also, with also realizing, sure. you know, that it might not be read in that way. Cause I think the location is actually pretty cool. Cause for me, as a non-American, I'd have that could be any location. I would have no idea. Oh, sure, yeah. So <laughs> you know, you could tell me that some random city in the world, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. Um, so anyway, it's actually yeah, it's yeah. actually quite nice to have some kind of basis. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it's probably harder for you to forget that your work has international reach. And actually, to you, it's just like, oh, it's a boring title because it's a place. But for me, it's like, 
okay, so that gives me kind of a guide, you know? Yeah. Well, I, and I do, yeah, I do like that. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a sense of place is important to me. And I think like, to me growing up where I grew up and where I'm living now, um, it's, it's important. I think it definitely comes from there. The work comes from that. And so I don't think I would have, you know, if that sense of place wasn't important, I wouldn't have titled it the way I have. It's not just sort of a quick, like, um, it was easy. It was because <laughs> I didn't want to put too much work into the titles. Um, but I like that. I like that, you know, this is a particular place. And, um, you know, whether somebody knows where that is or not. Um, uh, and, and that has sometimes been a bit of a, um, I'll give you an, a kind of a somewhat similar example. But um, I remember years ago, I was part of a two person show at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. And Anyway, so a lot of the kids, uh, students who were seeing the show, um, you know, they're from the region, they're from the area. And I remember this one painting I did, uh, I think I titled it Bloomington, Minnesota, and that's where it was. It's a suburb of Minneapolis, um, where I'm from. And, uh, you know, this student said like, oh, wow, that looks like West Omaha. And, you know, to me, I, I know where West Omaha is, I've driven through there. Um, but it wasn't, it's not, but I thought that was interesting that like for him, that was his in with the painting. That was his connection because to him, he thought, oh, that looks like West Omaha. And I'm assuming that's where he was from or he's been there or whatever. And, you know, it was kind of going back to that non-visual or, uh, non-verbal communication where his, his foray, his entry into that work was the fact that it reminded him of that place and whether that was where he is from or where he spent time. Um, but, you know, it wasn't that for me, it was a different place. But I like that, you know, these places have sort of a similarity to them. And I suppose, yeah, from an international perspective, I mean, obviously it looks, I'm assuming it looks very American, but um, I could see that too, where, you know, you look at the work and you think, oh, that kind of, maybe not the exact setting, but the way the lighting is looks similar to somewhere you've been or whatever. I mean, it's, again, I think it goes back to the concept that the viewer, um, whether they're seeing the work in person or they're seeing it on their phone an ocean away, um, they're bringing their experience into the work. And so what they connect with is from that. And it's funny, because a, so. a lot of my favorite artists both photographers and artists are American or they've created work about America. So it's kind of interesting because my view of America, which I've never been to, is is kind of very much tainted mm -hmm. by that. And I'm kind of yeah. curious to, at some point in the future when I go, see if it's actually anything like how I envision it to be. Um, yeah, well, I hope I, yeah, I hope that looking at my work doesn't disappoint me when you visit. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I just think it's really fascinating. But then also I have to remember that like a lot of the people's work that I like is was shot several decades ago. So it's going to be absolutely nothing like how I'm envisioning it's going to be. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And I found that too, even with, uh, you know, paintings I've done a couple of years ago or whatever, you know, if I go back to them, it's like now it's not an empty field. It's all been developed or something. That actually leads very nice to my next question, which is about revisiting past work. And like, how often do you revisit your past work and, and does it ever influence your future work or your current work? Um, I would say I haven't, I don't revisit it a ton. Sometimes I do. Um, and I think it's, I've found that, you know, I don't know. I don't know that it directly um, 
influences the work that I'm doing or working on at the time. I think it's more when I've, I've found anyway, when I look at it, it's more of the scope. Like I, I guess for me, it's more, I see it as like, oh, okay. It gives me a perspective of like, okay, this is the work that I was doing X many years ago, and this is what I'm doing now, and here's how it's changed. Um, yeah, it's it's more, I, I, the times I have done that, which isn't often, but the times I have done that, it's more uh, just to give a perspective of like what I've done and where things are going, and just to see that kind of that progression. Um, there have been some times where like I've used looking at past work in a way that's been helpful. Like say, if I have a certain idea for a painting, I think, well, yeah, that's very similar to this work that I did however many years ago or whatever. And that's sort of like, okay, so do I want to just do that? Or have I said what I need to say with that? And I should find a different way to say it or, or maybe scrap that idea or something. Um, yeah, I, I don't look at my old work a ton. Um, but the times that I have, I think that's been, that's been my experience of it. Um, that's cool. That's, I'm always curious because I think, you know, art's timeless and we forget that quite easily that just because you produce yeah, something, it's easy to forget. Just because you produce something, say 10 years ago, someone might see that tomorrow and that might be the catalyst for them to start their artistic journey, or it might be just something like a huge mm -hmm. influence to them. And I think it's, it's so easy to forget that because we're so caught up in the time that we created it and the time that, you know, that it's say it's popularity say for instance has died or whatever you know and we forget that actually if it's on the internet it still can be inspiration to somebody at some point um yeah yeah and i think that i think that present focus is also i think very much exacerbated by social media absolutely uh, you know we're always it's always i mean can you even remember the post that you liked a week ago <laughs> no <laughs> you know so i yeah no of course not um and so I think that, yeah, I think that filters into it too, where you, it's, things are so present oriented. Um, and yeah, you forget that, that like, oh, right. Like these things kind of can live on and, and yeah, you can be in, influenced by work that was done many decades ago. Um, and it's easy to forget, but it's nice to remember. Absolutely. And we'll talk about social media in a minute, but before we do that, I just want to talk to you just a bit, as we said earlier, about your art blogs that you had a hand in in 2013. And I actually had the names here. So there's Flyover Art, Beyond Ninth Avenue, In the New Frontier, and Dim With Beauty. Um, because I really like the names. I was like, these are really good names. Um, so yes, yeah, can you talk a bit about them just in terms of like um, how you got involved, what the kind of process was, and kind of just like, and also, yeah, I guess where you stopped also, and kind of what are your reflections now, you know, almost, I guess, almost 10 years later. Yeah, wow, it's been 10 years. <laughs> uh, way to age me. Um, uh, yeah, so I started, I just remember at that time, you know, Tumblr was, and Tumblr was uh, quite big then. And um, and I do, just as an aside, I really do miss uh, Tumblr. It changed a lot when it was acquired by Yahoo. And um, uh, yeah, there were things, you, there's things you can do with Tumblr. I, I'm still on it. I barely post. I maybe do like maybe one or two posts a year now. but. Um, uh, and that's for my personal Tumblr, not these blogs you're talking about. But anyway, I, I miss it. There's things you could do with it that you just don't do with Instagram. And I, um, it, you know, it's, it's to be missed. But um, anyway, so at that time, I was very interested in Tumblr and I was seeing a lot of cool art, art artists and stuff. And um, but one thing I, uh, 
I didn't like that a lot of the work, a lot of the art blogs, art tumblers that I was seeing were, to me, they tended to be either focused on illustration or photography. And I thought, you know, there should be more than just that. And I just thought like, I could do that. I could make like an art blog. And, but these are just thoughts that were kind of in the back of my head. I was also interested in, you know, I have several books and one of the books I have um, in my, my small but very slowly growing library of art books is um, called uh, Vitamin P. Um, and it's basically just a survey of painters around the world, contemporary mm -hmm. painters. And one of the things I liked about that is, you know, I'm always interested in like, oh, what's their biography? Like, where are they from? Where they go to school, whatever. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I talked about sense of place is important in my work. And I find that interesting because I like that the idea of like where you come from or your experiences influence the work that you do. Or even if it's like you hated where you're from and you moved, well, that influenced you because yeah, you wanted to leave that place. Um, anyway, so I like that, like, for instance, um, I was trying to think like, well, like, what, what would I do if I was doing a blog or whatever, you know, it was kind of the idea was rolling in my head. And I remember liking, um, uh, there was an artist, I don't remember if she was in vitamin P or vitamin P2, there was a second edition. Um, and, uh, but anyway, her name is Leslie Vance. She's an abstract painter from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is uh, in art in, in the Midwest region. So close by to where I am relatively. Um, and I, I don't know, something about the fact that she was from Milwaukee, like resonated with me. It felt, it felt kind of relatable. I was like, oh, I know where that is. Like, okay. And so I thought like, oh, you know what? Like, what if I use that? What if I marry my interest in, you know, I, I, I'm also a bit, I'm a bit of like a map nerd. I like maps and traveling and this kind of thing. And um, so I thought, well, what if I did that? I could do like a, the, the setup for my work or my, uh, this blog could be, I could feature different artists and I, you know, I didn't want to just do photography and illustration. I don't think I have any illustration on it. Um, but I wanted, I, I thought like, well, what if I did that? What if I said, okay, the guys of this, uh, this blog will be artists who are either originally from or primarily based in the Midwest, which is one of the four big regions, geographic regions in the US. Um, and so that's where the name flyover came from. Um, one of the nicknames for the Midwest is seen as flyover country. The idea being that one would go from like, you know, the two big media cities in the US are New York and Los Angeles. And, you know, if you're part of one of these cities and you're going from one to the other, you fly over yeah. the entire rest uh, of the country. I mean, the other continent really. And uh, so it's sort of seen, you know, flyover art is sort of, or flyover country, excuse me, um, is seen as kind of like, a, you know, it gets played up politically too. You know, um, I think Trump was uh, played into that, but this idea of like, well, we're passed over and people fly over us. And the only time they ever see this part of the country is when they fly over it. So I like that term. I was like, okay, so I'll call it flyover art. So it's, you know, and it wasn't, it was loose because, you know, some of the artists, it's like, they might be from the Midwest, but they're quite, you know, uh, they're quite established. Now they like live in New York or LA or, or Europe or wherever. Um, or some of them maybe are from elsewhere. You know, it wasn't like super tight, but I like the idea that like the region, um, played some kind of role in the work that people were doing. And so I, and I, you know, and I wanted to feature art that I liked. And so I, 
featured a lot of photographers and painters and, you know, and some installation. I tried to get a mix and I wanted to, and basically, I mean, I think you've probably looked through the, I'm hoping you look through them on desktop. It's much uh, yes, easier of course, to navigate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I basically, I used that, the Tumblr tagging, the tagging system as a way to like create um, uh, directories. So you could search artists based on location, um, based on their media. Um, and yeah, so I just, I, I like that. And I kind of had built up sort of a, um, a backlog of artists and, you know, putting a bunch of stuff in the queue and this. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, you know, there's more art than just the Midwest. I'm kind of limiting myself. <laughs> and so I thought, well, okay, what if I did another one? So I decided to do the Northeast. So, um, so that was uh, beyond Ninth Avenue. Um, and so it was the same idea where it was instead of, it was basically the same thing except for a different region. And so artists there were based on the Northeast. And that was, I found that was really easy because it was easy to find a lot of artists who were in New York. <laughs> right. um, and actually the title Beyond Ninth Avenue came from, it's a sort of a tongue in cheek. It's from, a um, there's a famous New Yorker cartoon, uh, the magazine. Um, I think it was on a cover in, sometime in the seventies, but the, um, it's the image it's called um, a view from ninth Avenue. It's quite funny. It's um, so basically it has like, it's, it's an overhead, like, you know, bird's eye view of this, of New York of like, you know, here's eighth Avenue, here's ninth Avenue. And then you cross, the Hudson River, and then here's New Jersey. And then it sort of, the vantage point went across the country and it was just very like, all right, um, here's Texas, here's this, here's that. And the idea was, um, I, I think the thing that was funny about the image is it sort of played into this sort of uh, navel gazing of like, you know, if you're in New York, you're in the center of the universe and there's, it's just New York City and, you know, it's flyover country beyond there or yeah. it's wherever. Um, and so I titled it Beyond Ninth Avenue as kind of a sort of a joke, I don't, at least for myself, that I thought it was like kind of pointed at that, like, okay, it's Beyond Ninth Avenue. It's also artists from Pennsylvania. It's artists from New England. It's um, anyway. And so like from a design standpoint too, you know, I had, if you go on, each region has a different color. Um, and so I had, anyway, so I did, I had those two. And then I thought, well, if I'm doing the Northeast and the Midwest, I may as well do the West too. So that's where um, uh, in the New Frontier came and the New Frontier, you know, the idea of American history and pioneers and whatever. And, um, and then uh, Dim With Beauty, the Southern one was the last one I did. And that title for that one came from, I'm not from the South and it's the one region of the country that I've not been to a lot of and, um, or not spent a lot of time in, I guess. Um, and the title for that, I was like, well, I don't, you know, it, it also gets caricatured quite a lot. Um, so the, the hillbilly um, Southern redneck caricature. And I was like, all right, I don't want to, I want to be careful with how I do this. So I thought to, I think I posited some idea of like, all right, well, what if I did this based on like, you know, there's a writing tradition in the South. And I think it was, somebody gave this idea of like, well, what if you, there's a line in like, a, I think it was like a Faulkner poem or something called, that mentioned something like dim with beauty. And I was like, oh, that, that works really well. So I use that as the title. Um, but yeah, I, I, to continue, I think with what <laughs> there are other parts of your question, if I'm remembering correctly, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
um, yeah, it, it, it grew into a thing much like I'm assuming uh, flying fruit ball has where, uh, you know, I was doing a bunch of posts and I, and it was a lot of interesting curatorial research. Yeah. Um, I found it was interesting that, um, you know, for instance, when I was doing dim with beauty before I launched it, I wanted to make sure I at least had a couple posts from each state and, um, some states were difficult. It was hard to find people who were from these areas. And I, I didn't, I don't know exactly why that is. My assumption is just that, that in some regions of the country, there's just not as much cultural funding. And so it's harder for people to be artists there. And, or, you know, I mean, the other thing too, is because I based it on location, you know, I'm looking through a lot of people's CVs and their biographies. And so it's, again, it's not, it wasn't perfect. Um, Cause you know, how do you place someone in a region when it's like, okay, they're, they were born there, but it turns out the more you learn about them, they actually like, you know, spent only a couple of years there and then they really grew up elsewhere or whatever. Um, so it wasn't perfect, but, um, but I did find it was interesting just you sort of like, I found that like, it was really easy to find photographers. Um, it was much harder to find. And I wanted to have a mix because I like a lot of art. I like, I like consuming a lot of different types of work that's very different from my own. And so I wanted to try to have a mix of like, okay, I'm not just going to do photographers and painters. I want to include video artists and, and, you know, installation artists and sculptors and whatever. And, you know, and I also liked the idea of um, featuring artists who were very established and well-known and then a mix of artists who were just starting or unknown. Um, and that was kind of a nice thing with the flyover art is because I knew a lot of people, um, like friends of mine, I could, um, you know, I featured a couple of friends whose art I thought fit well in the, um, in the blog. So that was kind of a cool thing where I was like, well, maybe I'm giving this person a little bit of a boost or whatever. And, and I think as it grew, um, I think I was featured, like I, I, I was, fe the flyover art was featured on the artist. Tumblr artist spotlight, I think is what they called it. Um, and so because of that, it got like a, it basically got a really nice platform. And I think it got up to something like 70, 72, 73,000 followers or whatever, um, which was quite a lot. I was not expecting that, um, you know, cause I was just sort of doing it as a project for myself. Yeah, I just thought like, oh, this is something I'd like to see. And so, um, but yeah, so it, it evolved into something where you know, I, I was realizing like, oh, well, this is cool. I can like, you know, feature people and they can get a little bit of a, a little bit of a feature boost or something. Um, and so I set up like emails and I said like, hey, if you want to submit work, like, you know, I'll look through artists work and then I'll feature. I can, if I think it's like, you know, if it's good, if it's up to the standards that I want it to be, then I'll feature it. Um, and, you know, and so then it was the kind of thing where like, you know, these projects snowball as you're discovering. And uh, yeah, I was getting emails from people on this and I started to realize like, you know, and I, I started to think like, oh, well, if I'm, you know, I've got all this stuff in the queue and I've got like several months worth of, uh, of posts that are just kind of gonna go on automatic. But if I really wanted to evolve this into a platform, I could like, uh, you know, collaborate with different artists. And I remember being in conversation with a woman in Chicago, who's also an artist who, was interested in potentially doing like a, a group show. Like the thought was we could have like a couple pieces of different people and it could be like, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess you'd have like a flyover art show in like Chicago or something and have artists from the region and then you could do something else. And, but, you know, as you can imagine, that's like, it's great to think that, but it's a logistical nightmare. Yeah, to be. Absolutely. How do I schedule this? How would I find the space, whatever? And then I thought too, like, well, if I really wanted to flesh this out, I could be like a, zine, a magazine or something. You could like, just again, as a way to promote and feature artists. Um, so it kind of got away from me. It got to the point where I was, I realized like, you know, a year in or so I was thinking like, all right, this is going to be a lot of work. If I, like, if I really, and I think partly it's a personality thing. Like I don't want to just half-ass anything. Mm. I just, um, you know, if I wanted to, I wanted to do it right. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to keep up with this blog and it's going to, I don't want it to just be on Tumblr. Like, it, I could totally see it existing as a zine or as a publication or as a, uh, you know, as a collection of exhibitions or whatever. And, and I was even thinking I could interview artists, but it just kind of got away from me. I was just thinking like, this is a lot of work. And I just wanted to work, I wanted to work on my own artwork. And so I decided to, I decided to shut it down, but, um, but it was good to keep it up. And I, um, I, I didn't completely like deactivate it. I just uh, stopped posting basically. Uh, and I liked the idea of still having it there because um, uh, it, it's nice to have. I hope it's a resource and I sometimes use it too. Like, So, okay, let's get into social media. Um, so what are your thoughts on social media and how has it impacted your practice? Um, I don't know. I don't know that it's impacted my practice. Perhaps it should in terms of me being a little more um, uh, directed with it um, and using it a lot more. Um, I tend to find it really annoying. Um, I think it really, how do I put this? I think it really funnels the way people look at work. And, you know, it, it, in some ways it's a double-edged sword. Like it's been, it's great in some sense of like, it's really easy to find artists and it's really easy to find new work and connect with people. You know, I mean, you and I wouldn't be having this Absolutely. conversation were it not for social media. Um, so it's great in that respect, but I do think um, it, it's so, there's so much content, there's so much, and I think too much of it has been, um, I'll try to keep this just within the art frame because I do think it's having effect on us as a species psychologically and that's not good um but yeah it's um it's good and bad sometimes I find it quite annoying I find Instagram to be a bit it's so uh it can be a bit vapid and um you know like I I find it as it's helpful to find artists but I do find it's very difficult to keep up with like like one thing I liked with Tumblr was you could really easily keep track of the things you liked, yeah. posts you liked. And you could almost, you, I remember even using that as sort of a research tool. I could like, if I liked something, I would like, you know, I'd like it on Tumblr and it was really easy to find it. And then I could, okay, go back to it. Whereas Instagram, like you have to go through like seemingly seven or eight different menu options and then you can find the works, the posts that you liked, you know? So it's kind of like, I'll, I sort of instinctually will like something, but I'm like, oh, this is... <laughs> is that really useful to do? Um, I do find too, just the, the way it's set up that it's so quick to scroll through. I think it, 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 um, it's very easy to see an image be taken by it and then just kind of flip, keep going. 
And I don't think it, because of that, the way it's set up, it, it, it's not, it doesn't really set up well for really looking and taking work in the way you would if you were seeing a show in person or, you know, or maybe if you're visiting an artist's website. Um, so that part, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, on the one hand, I think it's great. It's really great. You can reach out to different people and it's great to find other artists and that, but on the other hand, it's, uh, it's really annoying. And I really, you know, I'm sure you get this a lot. Um, I, everyone hates the algorithm. Yeah. You'll post stuff and, you know, I don't like that. Like for instance, right now, um, Instagram wants to be TikTok. They couldn't, you know, Facebook couldn't buy TikTok. Yeah. So they want to make Instagram into TikTok. And it's like the algorithm is going to be uh, favoring short videos. And it's like, you know, and I remember I'd look up stuff like, well, how do we get more engagement on Instagram? You know, oh, make more videos and have this and whatever. And I thought like, and the fact that like, you know, the algorithm basically is the way it's working now is like only a small percentage of the people who follow you actually see your work. And I find that, or see your feed. And I'm, to me, I'm really annoyed with that because I'm like, well, I don't want to have to cater the content to the algorithm in terms of like, okay, so we're now wanting to become TikTok. So I should make TikTok videos of my work. Like, I think people, like the thought of like, people follow my work because they like the content I'm already giving. Yeah. So why is it that, you know, but, you know, that, that could also be a thing too, where like, you know, I should just buck up and be like, all right, well, if you want to like really use this tool to its full potential, you're going to have to do it that way. But no, no. So I disagree. Cause I feel like at what point do you become a slave to the algorithm as opposed to it? Working yeah. Right. And, and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, that's my resistance to it. And it's also like, I don't want to be spending all my time figuring that out i it takes me long enough to paint <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, of like, course. like of course i think I, don't know. I think from talking to a lot of artists i think what i've realized is that social media is a great for communication and it's great for discovery but in terms of the actual creative process itself it kind of detracts from you actually creating work because you know you, you yeah, don't want to be stuck right, on instagram exactly. for three hours scrolling through other people's work when you could be creating your own you know it's just yeah. you know there has to be kind of a good balance you know you want to be inspired but you know you don't want to kind of drown yourself in in inspiration and you don't want to kind of just ruin your own kind of creative outlet because you've looked at too many great images and you you now go back to yours and be like this is crap you know yeah yeah well yeah exactly i mean it sounds like my opinions on it are pretty much shared with others yes, absolutely and, and you know yeah and it, it is kind of like I think not just Instagram, um, but just social media in general and the way the internet has changed now. I mean, our early internet was not like this, um, but it's like, we're so inundated with content. There's so much and it's kind of become almost like junk food, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, there is, I don't, I don't want to get into it, but like, you know, the whole thing about screen time and this and how these, I mean, these apps are literally built uh, to keep your attention. They talk about the attention economy yeah. and all of that. Um, so I would say it is a useful tool. I think you have to be very deliberate in how you use it to find it useful because it's like you're saying, it's really easy to just uh, over almost overload on it and just do too much. And, and yeah, I think it's in some ways it's, it's helpful, but it's not the end all be all. And I think that, uh, the, yeah. So 
it sounds like my opinions are quite <laughs> quite shared with a lot yeah. of other people. That's good. So <laughs> what do you think needs to change for us to have a better experience? On Instagram or, or social just social media, media in general? Question. You know, I don't entirely know. Oh, I guess what I would, the first things that are coming to my mind are just, um, I don't know, you'd, you'd almost have to, the first things that are coming to my mind are some way to make it so that people are spending more time viewing, uh, viewing work um, rather than having the quick scroll. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I get a lot more out of when I when I see an artist and I'm looking at their work. I get so much more out of like, for instance, the experience of uh, going to a show, going to a gallery, say, um, or looking through their website. You know, you really get to look at different images. You can sit with it. Um, if you're in person, you can really like you can really look at it. You can really see. You can read an artist statement. You can whatever. You really get a sense of like, okay, I understand their work. I get, oh, that's interesting. Like, it's not just this image or what they've made, but this is kind of what they're thinking on it behind was, or listening to an interview, like say my podcast, like the Flying Fruit Bowl. You know, you get better a better sense of like, there's more of a depth in the work. Whereas I think the quick scrolling and the liking and whatever, it's so instantaneous that it's just, it's as if you didn't even, you saw it. And it's there. And if you have like a visual memory, you'll, it's, you know, maybe if you keep seeing it, like, oh, I keep running into this artist, I should like look into them. But so, yeah, I think, I think it would be more helpful if there was some, some way in which it was easier, not just to find the artists and discover and share, um, but to really, uh, and to really sit with the work. And I think that is, I don't know how you do that on the phone. I just think that um, I don't know. I just think the, the way it's, the way it's structured just doesn't work for that. And I just don't know. I don't know how you would do it, but my, what I would say is, yeah, I guess what I'd say is anything that helps people to really sit and really view and see the work and spend more time with individual work and artists, I think would be the most helpful thing um, along with the connectivity and the, the audience and the sharing. But I just, I don't know how you do that through, uh, you know, it, it, it would have to, I mean, it's, it's just a completely different experience, you know? Uh, the phone is meant to be quick. It's in your pocket. It's instantaneous. Whereas if you're actually in the physical space, then you're really seeing it. But that's also a luxury. I mean, who can, not everybody can be everywhere at once. Um, it really isn't, uh, it's not helpful to just, I mean, it's nice to like you scroll past people's eyeballs, but you know, okay, they saw your work for like half a second, like it and moved on. Are they even going to remember a week, a month from now? I mean, there has to be more of an intentionality to it. So, and I think the inst the instantness of Instagram or, you know, or Twitter, or I mean, Twitter is not really great for art, but um, I think the instantaneousness of it, it's great in terms of access, but in terms of keeping people there and really like having people understand the work, um, it's it's difficult and i think too like you know the people who are finding that have to be that kind of person you have to be sort of wired towards being interested in art and taking the time to look and understand um and yeah i just don't i just don't think that the uh the medium 
of Instagram and social media just doesn't, it doesn't fit with that. It's, it wasn't designed for that. It's actually, actually kind of a nice segue because um, audience is what I want to talk about. So like how important is it for you to have an audience and kind of to build an audience? Um, I think it's, it's definitely important. I mean, I think it's important, obviously, sort of keep yourself going and remind yourself that there you know the work you're doing is having impact beyond the four walls of your studio or um, or, or your own mind um uh yeah I, I think it's important to have an audience i think um, how you build that is uh is a question and i think um yeah it, i think it's important to have an audience i think it's important um obviously important too from a practical standpoint of like building up a viewing audience and uh, getting collectors and curators, hopefully, and uh, things like that. So it's, I think it's definitely important. I mean, I think, yeah, if you didn't have an audience or viewers or whatever, then uh, you just keep these ideas in your head or you wouldn't show them, you know, like you could make your work, but like, obviously, since I'm posting my work online, I'm making it available to be seen by other people. If I wasn't doing that, I could just keep it in a room or something. So it, it's important. I think I, I think how it's important depends on the type of audience you're trying to develop. And I'm not saying that I'm very good at like being as um, purposeful and uh, honed on knowing how to do that. But um, yeah, it's definitely important. I think it's important from like a keeping yourself going it's important from a practical standpoint um, and just in general I mean I think art is meant to be shared it's meant to be seen by other people and um, uh, and and taken in and, and influenced and so yeah audience is definitely key in that respect so do you think that knowing your work will be seen primarily online change the way that you create the work um no it probably should it, i mean just in the sense that i'm sure there are things i could do that would uh, cater towards that well actually no i take that back it shouldn't be um i don't think that yeah what am i talking about <laughs> uh it it can i think but i think just in general uh you want to create work that speaks to you um you don't want to necessarily say that like if you're if you're sole focus is to make something that fits for you know social media or whatever audience or something okay you're going to make work that maybe fits with that but it's not going to be true to you and i think for whatever reason it's very easy for uh, other people to sense authenticity and if it's if they don't see that authenticity if they don't see that that's there in your work if it comes from if it doesn't come from an authentic place within yourself it's not going to resonate. And I don't know how you, I don't know why that is or how that, how that exactly manifests. But I do think that, um, I, again, I just think, uh, yeah, online, you can use that as a tool. You can, it, it's definitely a tool that one can use, but I don't think to completely cater to that. I think you're going to be, you're going to make work that's not very interesting. Um, and it's not going to be very good for you anyway. And you know, if you don't like the work, if you're not inspired by it, then you're not going to make the work. So. Very wise words, I must say. Very wise <laughs> it started words. off a little rocky, but then we got to a... So what kind of feedback do you value about your work? And also kind of how do you know who's kind of qualified to give you good feedback? 
Um, I guess I would say I don't always know who's qualified. Um, I mean, I would, of course, I appreciate feedback from people who know what they're talking about and um, I think can contextualize what you're doing. Um, that's obviously appreciated because it's a bit more in depth. Um, but yeah, I would say the type of feedback, but that's not, you know, you can get that from people who um, don't have that same criteria or that same credential, I should say. Um, I think you have to be open to the type of feedback you get. And sometimes, like I said, there've been sort of happy accidents that come from that. Like, uh, well, like that instance from that student yeah. from the, you know, who thought that painting reminded him of West Omaha. And, you know, even though like, we didn't have an in-depth conversation about it, but I just thought it was interesting that that was his connect, like he connected with it because of that. And I was like, wow, that's something, you know, he probably didn't feel like when he, you know, before coming to this show, tonight he probably didn't think he'd have that and he had that connection so um but um your second your first part of your question was what kind of feedback is most helpful yeah it was yeah um i think just considered uh considered feedback i find most helpful like, i don't really find it helpful like oh wow your work looks so great it's like a, you know like that's a you know i've heard that and it's like i put a lot of work into it it's like i know I'm trying to get it to look a certain way, but um, but I'm, I'm I find the type of feedback that is most helpful for to me is like people who say, "Wow, this really reminded me of blah blah blah," or like you know, I was looking at your work and I thought back on it and it made me think of this, or like you know, anything that I think is considered and I think that uh, gives insight into what their experience in seeing the work was. I think is really helpful. And it's great too, because, you know, there's often, like we've said before, there's some surprises that you come up with. Like, you know, you don't expect that your work can have the type of impact it does, but it's nice to hear that it does. You know, it's nice to hear that like, oh, wow, this like helps somebody connect with their, you know, some memory they had or some experience they had growing up or whatever. And um, yeah, but that's, I, that's the kind of feedback that I generally find to be really uh, uh, helpful. Uh, considered feedback and something that really gives more of a depth of like, yeah, this really had an impact and I think here's why. And sometimes it takes a while for people to figure that out. Um, I mean, myself even, right? Sometimes I view work and like, it takes me a while to understand what it is that I like about it or why, or, you know, even if it's not, pleasurable sometimes there's work that's really kind of disturbing and kind of gross or whatever but but I'm still thinking about it and I'm like well why am I still thinking about that what what is it that's interesting or impactful or or memorable even you know because as I'm <laughs> as I'm going throughout my day and going through Instagram or whatever uh, you know you're still filling yourself up with more visual content but why is it that I, I came back to this what was it that was impactful about it so I think that type of feedback is uh the type that I kind of, that I notice and I think I, I, I tend to remember. So when you're painting, do you have a specific viewer in mind? No, I don't think so. No, I don't. Um, when I'm painting, I'm really just focusing on like getting the work to look <laughs> the way I want it to look. I'm not thinking about a viewer per se, um, not really. Um, 
Yeah, not really. Um, there are some instances, I, I'm just trying to think, the one, one instance I can remember, um, uh, there was um, a painting I did called uh, Grapevine, Texas. It, it features, um, it's underneath this bridge and there's graffiti on the bridge. And um, there was some of the graffiti that was featured on there I did not include in the painting. Um, and it was just because it was it was too vulgar and I just felt like it would, well, not vulgar. Um, <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm a prude. Um, it said, what would it say? It said, um, uh, well, it was racial, it said white power. And uh, I remember like, I didn't want to include that because I thought like, well, then people are just going to look at that yeah. and they're just going to see that. They're not going to see the image. Yeah. So that was a, yeah, that's an instance where like, yes, I decided not to, <laughs> not to paint that. Not that that should even be uh, in question that I can choose what to include or not. I mean, it's a painting. I don't have to exactly do it as it is in a photograph, but um, yeah, that's an instance where I decided not to include that. It'd be too distracting. It's not, it's not what I find interesting about the, the setting um, at all. <laughs> it just happened to be there. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I don't, um, when I'm painting, I'm just painting. I'm working on trying to get it finished and working on it and trying to depict it. I'm not really thinking about an audience. Um, yeah. That's quite interesting. I'm just, so would you say that you create work for yourself um, rather than uh, other people? Uh, definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm happy that it's for other people, but primarily it's definitely for myself. I mean, I've, come to discover that my work is uh, the themes and the, the the feeling that I'm going for come from uh, myself. They come from uh, memories and different experiences I've had. And um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely a thing for me. Um, and not that it isn't for other people. It's, I love the, that interaction you have and that connection that you can get to other people um, through your work. Um, but yeah, I, I, if it wasn't, if, if I didn't get anything out of it, I wouldn't be doing it. Absolutely not. So do you feel like you're part of a larger art community? I'd say generally, yes, um, but in a kind of amorphous way. I think uh, I probably personally need to do a better job at like really integrating myself into a more of an art community, either locally or otherwise. Um, but yeah, I would say, sure, I'd say so. I mean, I don't know, that might be a question that would be better answered by maybe a curator or something, if it's like, I'm doing work that's similar to these other artists and we're working with particular similar themes or it fits in a certain time period or whatever. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I guess my answer is yes, question mark. <laughs> so my next question for you is a question from the last artist I interviewed. Uh, Rodney Thompson, who is a great artist, whose work I will send to you later because I like doing that. Um, okay. So his question for you is, what do you see happening with your social media over the next few years and what is your goal for it? Hmm. Well, I wish he hadn't asked me this because I hadn't thought of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, what do I see happening? I don't know. I guess uh, continuing to post more work, hopefully uh, uh, maybe in different ways, like you know, video or whatever, um, you know, maybe, uh, hopefully, uh, perhaps more of a professional uh, setup, but uh, yeah, I guess just continued audience. 
uh, audience growth and hopeful reach and opportunities. Um, I mean, that's <laughs> it's very un very open ended, but that's that's what I have off the cuff for him. That's perfect. So, do you have a question for the next artist I interview? Hmm. Well, I know you mentioned this, but I haven't had time to think about it. My question for the next artist. Um, uh, well, I don't know if this is the best one, but the one that comes to mind. Um, uh, I guess I would say, like, how have have you found? How have you found that the the circumstances of the pandemic in the last, or well, not just the pandemic, but the last couple of years uh, have, how has that affected like how you work, what your work is, and perhaps what do you think it will, will it have an impact in what you make going forward, I suppose. So I don't know, I guess I'm interested in the idea of like, I mean, we're in it right now, so it's hard to say, but I'm curious, like, it's interesting to think like how this time has or hasn't changed uh, changed us. I mean, of course it will have an impact on how people make work and what people make work about, but I'm just, I don't know. That was like the first thing that came to my mind. So I put here, how, the, wait, how have you found the circumstances of the pandemic to have affected your work? Is that what you want me to ask? Or is there anything else you want me to ask? Yeah. Yeah, I guess your work or how you work, or if it has at all, like yeah, how you think or about how you work. Um, how, how you slash think about your work. Yeah, how you think about Because Yeah, because I, I think there was kind of a, I just remember there was a point when I was um, early on, you know, you kind of think like, well, <laughs> what is the, you know, what's the purpose of this or whatever? But um, I don't know. I think. Those are these are questions that probably will under, we'll understand many years down the road, perhaps, um, if it has an impact at all. But uh, who knows? Maybe things will keep accelerating in different directions. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Um, so, what was the actually? This is the last question. Can kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about scrolling. So it's funny, and it's a question I ask people, and people are just staring at me like, "Okay." So, what was the last image or piece of media you saw that affected you, and why did it make such an impact? Well, I'm going to continue the streak. I don't know. <laughs> um, hmm. Oh, you know, actually, uh, hold on a second. Look up uh, yeah, this, I mean, this was a while ago, like um, maybe a few months or something, but um, sorry, I'm just looking at this. I want to make sure I got this correct. Okay. So um, this wasn't, um, this was a, a few months ago, but it's enough to have an impact where I can remember and answer your question. Um, I look, I saw the work of, it's a, I think he's a Belgian photographer and his name is, um, I'm gonna butcher this, Jan uh, Pipers. Yeah, I, I'd seen his work before I realized. Um, and I think I had even like screenshotted a couple and kept in like a folder on my phone. Um, but yeah, there was an image of his work that I like. Um, there are several images of his work that I liked, and um, I really enjoyed the setting, uh, the just the feel of his work. Um, so what I learned what he does is he creates miniatures, 
and um, and then he photographs those. And I think he must Photoshop people in them um, because it's just, you know, he uses like, I don't know what he uses for his materials, like uh, model material, I guess. Um, anyway, um, there were some images of his work I really enjoyed. And um, I think when you, I'll send you the link, yeah. but um, I think you'll, you'll understand when I, you see it. You've probably seen it before too. Um, yeah, there was some work of his I really liked. He had a series that included, uh, his work included um, animals. And I liked the use of that. And I and that actually helped to influence the current painting that I'm working on. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, was, yeah. And I, I, I didn't realize at the time, but I realized I had seen his work a few years earlier. Um, Cause there, once I, I actually went to his website and I was like, oh, okay, let me just actually dive in here. And, uh, but yeah, his, um, I really like what he does with his lighting. Um, it's, there's a Christmas to it. Um, it's, there's a subtleness to just the feel of his work and an intentionality. And it's, uh, yeah, I think if you, if you see the work, you'll see the connections, I think with uh, the stuff that I do. And I think probably the stuff that you tend to like as well. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, normally I don't have a lot of, like, I would say that like, I guess I, in retrospect, I could say that there's artists that I've, that I follow that like influence my work, but usually it's like the ideas are things that come to my mind and in, you know, I have to look back and realize like, oh, okay, this is coming from, because you watch, this is a, it's kind of like a dream. Like, you know how when you're dreaming, you, your mind kind of mushes things together and creates new scenarios based on the material that you've, uh, you've taken in. Um, so oftentimes I find in terms of generating ideas or thinking of ideas, that's the process for me. But this was more of a, this is one of the fewer instances where uh, an artist's work was really impactful. And I was like, okay, how do I, what if I find something like that, that went, like, got to that or whatever. And so that it helped influence some, some work that I'm doing right now. Yeah. That's really cool. That's it's cool that it, I'll send you. I'll send you the link. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, no, absolutely. Please do. That'd be awesome. But it's it's nice that it influenced your work um, in a positive way. Well, it's cool to notice that too. I mean, like I said, I don't normally. Usually, I'm just like, I have to think about it. Like, like, where did this come from? Oh, yeah, I guess it came from this, that, or whatever. But this was like, I really, I was like, oh wow, I really like this. Oh, you know what? And then it, it kind of like it sort of popped off the creative process where I was just like, oh, okay, that's got me thinking of these other ideas. And that was, so that was nice. It was nice to kind of have that sense of uh, rejuvenation or whatever. Uh, yeah, his work is really nice. So what's it mean to be a successful artist and how do you measure the success of your own work? Well, I think there's a number of different ways. I think um, there are ways that I would like to be successful in the future in terms of, financial success and representation, uh, collections, this and that, um, you know, um, but I would also say, I think artists are successful in being true to themselves, um, you know, making work that really comes from a, an honest, real place inside themselves. And that's a long process, but, you know, and it sometimes I guess it can lead to success, other times maybe not, but in terms of how we generally think of it. But yeah, 
So, okay. So the next question, um, okay. I'll ask you like three more questions. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll I'm going to try to be succinct with it. Um, so how do you define the term contemporary art? Um, I think, well, simply actually, I think any art that's being made right now, I do um, because, you know, this isn't, we're not living in the modern period. We're not in the sixties. We're not in the seventies. Contemporary art is art that's being made right now. Um, doesn't mean it's all good. Um, you know, some art is being made that is, you know, very harkens back to those times and it doesn't really fit to this time, but if it's being done now, I think it's contemporary. That's how I see it, think of it in my head. That's a very good answer because a lot of people, when I ask that question, they just stare at me like, what? And they have a hard time actually answering it. So that's, you know, actually, that's a very good answer. It helps that yeah. I've uh, taken some art theory, so I kind of have a, uh, <laughs> I kind of have a yeah, framework. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do you think your work says about you as a person? Um, I guess I would, well, apart from being artistic, I mean, that's kind of a big answer. <laughs> uh, I would say, well, I'd hope it says that I'm, you know, an observant person and that, you know, I, I see things and process and maybe digest things that, or at least I take, can take the time to do that. Um, and, and also I would hope perhaps it says in a way that I'm a, maybe a generous person that I would actually wanna take the time to share that with others. That's quite nice. Yeah. Um, and the very last question, which is a double barrel question. So it's technically not the last question, it's the last two questions. So the, the last question um, <laughs> is, what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work? Well, I'm currently working on, uh, drum roll please, paintings. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a canvas that I've alluded to a couple of times that I'm close to being done with. It's probably gonna still take me about another week or two, I don't know. Um, and then I have a couple other smaller works that I sort of have like left halfway done or just started that I wanna get back to. Um, yeah, so I have a couple of things. I have some just ideas in my head that are kind of rolling around, kind of thinking to manifest. Um, and how people can find me, um, I'm on Instagram at Nate Burbeck. Um, and I also have a website, nateburbeck.com. Um, yeah, those are the easiest ways to find me. I also have some stuff on Artsy, uh, if you just search Nate Burbeck. Yeah, the Instagram and uh, website is the two best places to find my work. That's absolutely perfect. Right. Thank you so much, Nate. I really appreciate it. All right. Good. Good. Me too. All right. Thank you, Aaron. That concludes the second and final part of my conversation with Nate Babak. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please get in touch via thefinalfreeball at gmail.com via social media sites such as Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or whatever you listen to podcasts. Please consider rating, reviewing, sharing, or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word of the show. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration and for written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured on interviews. 
We now also have a Patreon page if you'd like to consider supporting the platform further. Tiers start from £1 and all information can be found on patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Once again, thank you very much for listening to the conversation today. Until next time folks, please stay safe.